0: Welcome to Mom Real, the podcast about real encouragement, real stories, and real about motherhood. Welcome back to Mom Real. Um, today, I am so so excited for a long-awaited episode with my friend Ashley. Um, and I literally just realized, as we were texting, coming on here, that I did not change her name in my phone because she recently got married. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. So I'm so excited for this episode, we are going to be covering today just mental health specifically, uh, the conversation dealing with mental health as a mom in the state of being pregnant, and then postpartum pregnancy specifically. Me and Ashley are both huge mental health advocates, and we could talk about this for hours and talk about it, you know, pre-kid life and talk about it even more, um, you know, past that postpartum kind of stage as well. But uh, for the episode today, we're just going to be honing in on that. So just to kind of get things started, I'm going to let Ashley just introduce herself and we'll just go
1: from there. Perfect. I'm Ashley. Hello, Um, I am 30. I was going to say I was 28. I'm definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I, um, had a baby almost two years ago. Now I know Grace Ann through a mom group that I was in, and I'm very thankful for the friendship that we have now. And yeah, I have a nonprofit that talks about, um, conversations and mental health and, very passionate about telling people literally everything about me so i'm very excited to be here
0: yes and the nonprofit that you have is called
1: sparkle mental health connection and we um are very passionate about creating a platform for individuals to share their mental health experience on to normalize a conversation and to create safe spaces
0: I love that. I love that. And I, um, did a guest post on your Instagram about my experience and stuff. So I'll have to share that when this episode comes out on mom reel again, so that we can, you know, um, let people see both of our, both of our hearts that we do, you know, mom reel and Mm -hmm. sparkle there. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. And we really connected in the mom group on mental health specifically, because I think it's something that people think they want to talk about but then when it gets into the nitty-gritty of it they don't or or like especially coming from the church world people just want to have like that toxic positivity or the whole like we'll pray for you answer you know
1: (laughs) my eye rolls are insane right now yes exactly
0: so it's like we we really connected on that but um I I could keep going but I want you to first share kind of like your story with it with being you know from struggling a little bit like beforehand to the whole pregnant and postpartum thing um because I don't want to like overstep and over tell your story it's your story to
1: tell so Uh, um so growing up I Always kind of had an inkling of some depression. And then later on, early into adulthood, some, you know, very personal family things happened. And I was later diagnosed with major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety, PTSD. I mean, you name it, it felt like everything under the sun was now attached to my name on a hospital record, uh, which is very stressful <laughs> as an individual, but it comes even more stressful when you become a mom. Um, I kind of knew going into like when I got pregnant with Millie, our daughter, I kind of knew, okay, yes, this is something I've dealt with in my life. I will probably deal with it again. Um, just if you're predisposed to something like that, um, your brain already kind of goes that way naturally. Um, so I, about six months into pregnancy, um, I got diagnosed with what they call is antipartum, which is like depression and um a version of depression that you are diagnosed with during your pregnancy um so my doctor basically told me hey just a heads up you will most likely 90% sure you will have postpartum depression which i was kind of prepared for and um was ready to deal with i thought um and then i had amelia i ended up having a last minute c section Which was very stressful and I think as a mom you kind of envision what it's going to be like to have your baby in those first moments and mine were not planned to be being cut in half basically, Um, which is very scary and um, I think I realized later on in my postpartum journey that that was a really a big part of it was all of a sudden she was inside of me and then they put a curtain up and then she's not anymore. Um, so I didn't feel like I had that push experience of having that connection, being able to use my body to bring her into this world that way. And, um, that was pretty tough. And, um, uh, I will be totally frank and honest and I really don't, there's a whole chunk of time of the first few weeks of her life that I really don't remember very well, um, which is very hard to say, I, I am not super stoked about that. Um, and obviously, you know, they talk about baby blues, like the first couple of weeks and they're like, okay, just keep an eye on it. And if it's, you know, if it becomes, if it's after like three weeks and you're still feeling this way, then let's evaluate. And about a month into it, I knew that something was wrong. Um, but for somebody who dealt with such major detrimental like mental health experiences I was not in any way prepared for what was going on um it is like very two very different worlds and um I it was a lot I very much um I I kind of you kind of hide behind your baby after having a baby I feel like would you agree with that oh my gosh yes I everybody comes over and they bring food and they bring presents and they want to see the baby and it's magical because you want to share them with the world and everyone you love and care about. But at the same time, I think people, you kind of start to feel washed away in that um, which is very tough because then, then you go into like an identity crisis. And I think this is even for any mom, whether you've dealt with postpartum or not, I think it's very normal to feel like, oh, am I just a mom now? Or any parts of me before this, do they matter? And yes. like, of course they do logically, but at that point in time, you don't feel that way at all. Um, So my <laughs> postpartum got pretty dark pretty fast. And I it was down to a lot of different things of I was becoming a little, and I don't want to say like alarmingly paranoid because I wasn't, but it was very... All my thoughts were very intrusive that somebody was going to break into our house and steal my child. Um Okay, wait, I had
0: a very similar episode and yeah. I haven't shared it literally with anybody except for, well, now I'm sharing it to the world yeah. the podcast, but literally Landry and my dad knew mm-hmm. about it and I woke up, I, I can't even explain the fear that was over me Yeah. And for some reason, I had it in my mind that there was somebody in our house and they were going to take Liam and it Mm -hmm. felt so real. And Landry, I made him go around the house. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, we believe in firearms. We have had a firearm with us and went around the house and we were like, making sure that everything was locked. I made him check the windows. I made him check the attic. I made him check every single closet that opened. I mean, I -hmm. was so paranoid and he came back and um, he prayed over me and I literally went in Liam's room and Mm -hmm. laid in the recliner by his crib um, for like an hour or two after that. And then Mm -hmm. finally, Landry was like, you need to get some sleep, try to come to bed. And I blasted Liam's monitor, like to the highest level right. so that I made sure that if anything were to happen, I would hear him. And it was the weirdest thing. So sorry, I don't mean to interrupt your oh, story, but it, like, right when you said that, I was like, oh, that's, that's like other people experience that too. Cause I, yeah, I felt that and I haven't shared that yet. So anyway, yeah,
1: I was with you. It- like, I think everybody kind of feels like on edge naturally, but the like amount of fear, like with that postpartum anxiety is like unreal. Um, One night we lost power because of a bad storm and I immediately separate, started hyperventilating. And I'm like, someone's going to come in this house, kill me and take my kid. Um, And I was having like recurring nightmares about somebody knocking on the door and trying to open the front door. And all of it just became very loud. Um, which made me not want to leave the house, which made me constantly check locks, constantly check the windows. Um, And I became very obsessive about it, um, which was very scary. Um, I wasn't comfortable. I mean, obviously leaving with a newborn is scary anyway, and putting them in the car and driving them around is scary. Um, You all of a sudden are hyper aware of everyone around you of how you drive already. um, But you've you got to rip that bandaid off at some point and do it. But it was, I was having panic attack after panic attack while I was doing it. Um, all while being at home with my newborn, um, feeling like I had to take on the weight of every single chore around the house. Um, and feeling like I, like logically I knew I had help, but like emotionally, mentally, you don't think you have any Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that goes hand in hand with not feeling like you're allowed to ask for help and not feeling like, um, you're like, why can't I do this on my own? Why do I need people to help me? Like, I should be able to do this by myself. Um, yes, and somewhere in that, like, you feel like you're drowning even more And my brain, <laughs> like a computer, my version of that dealing with it was my fight or flight turns on and my, I black out basically is what was happening. Um, I was, which I experienced something like very similar when I was a kid during some trauma that I went through. And as an adult, I really never recognized it. And I was, what I was doing is I was writing these notes in my phone, um, basically word vomiting on these notes that I was writing my phone, then falling asleep. Um, and it was always obviously when I had the bandwidth to do that. So like when Millie was asleep and chores were done and I allowed myself to be able to unplug. Um, that's what was happening. And I would wake up the next morning and I would go through my notes for like a grocery list or whatever. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and it was these very scary, very dark um, things that I was feeling about myself and how I was a bad mom. And, I was only good for one thing and that was breastfeeding my kid and I wasn't even very good at that. My body did not respond well. And I think there's so much that happened during that season that I didn't feel like I could tell anyone. And I think chunk of that felt like I wasn't, I didn't want to tell anybody because I didn't feel like I was, that would disqualify me from being a good mom. I didn't want people to think that I couldn't take care of my kid because I knew I could. I knew that was the one thing I could do. Yes. Um, But I didn't want people to assume that I was like a danger to my child or a danger to myself or um, I couldn't feed her and change her. Like, and all those things were obviously being done perfectly because I was her mom and I yeah. knew what was best for her. But, um, so yeah, that is a very short version, um, and I ended up. I went to go get my psychiatrist, who I love and adore, and I've seen for a very long time. And um, I made a, a new appearance, <laughs> having a baby in tow, yeah. and saying something's wrong. I need help. Um, being put back on some medicine. I worked really hard to get off of before having her. And and that's um, a hundred yeah. percent. It was the most okay thing. I the best thing I ever did. Yeah, just being able to do that and to say like, hey. I need help and I need it now because I don't feel good and this child deserves the most of me and right now I can't even give that to myself so how am I going to give it to her? Yeah. Um and really learning how to prioritize myself and my mental health and my well-being so I can do that for her and I did not know how to do that until very recently. Um so yeah, it's been a a struggle on a journey, but it has been amazing. And I feel very, very lucky and very present now, which is the best feeling in the world for sure. Um, but that's not to say that there, there aren't days where I'm like, somebody, let me take a nap and take this baby because I need a break. Um, so yeah, that is something that, I mean, I'm still dealing with and I'm still working through, but it is completely night and day how it was.
0: Well, first, I just want to say thank you for being (laughs) vulnerable and and opening up because I think think our society too nowadays, when people open up, people are like, oh, like you owed it to me to tell me your story. You don't owe me your story. And so first of all, thank you for, you know, honoring this space to share that you know, Mm -hmm. and feeling comfortable to share that and, um, you know, trusting us as not just me, but the audience and listeners with your story as well. So thank you so much for that. Um, I had similar situations with Liam Um, at first, you know, I had a very difficult pregnancy. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know that. Oh, girl, Um, I know. You were there. I was there. I was (laughs) worried too. Yes, we still lived in Texas for part of that, and I called you one time, and it was I was like I wanted to see you, and I said, "Hey, what are you doing?" All that, and we ended up going to Target. Do you remember this? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And you, it was when you weren't getting out a lot, and you, I knew that. Like we, I knew you were struggling. You were like, Hey. "Hey, like." if you just want to come with me to do a target run, like, that's just what I have the capacity to do right now. And I was like, great, I'm on, you know, let's go. And so you picked me up and we went to target. And, um, and I told you that I was pregnant in target by holding up a little onesie and saying, would this be, would my, this be so cute on my baby or something like that. But while we're in Target, you're like checking out. And I'm like, I got to get, I got to throw up.
1: Like it was bad. You immediately ran to the
0: restroom. And I immediately ran to the restroom. And my whole pregnancy was like so tough. And I battled, which I talked to you about, like I battled not feeling happy with my pregnancy in the beginning, which is going to be a whole nother mom reel podcast episode, because I think so many people are like, oh, well, you should feel happy for multiple different reasons. But anyway, I could go on about that, Um, but. Yeah. So that was tough in general, not enjoying the pregnancy. And then having Liam, I, I really did love my birth. I loved my, you know, birth way. Um, I wish it was at home. It was at a hospital, but either way birthed how, you know, went how I wanted it to go. But then the after effect of, oh my gosh a human to take care of now I, you know,
1: it's the most wild feeling in the world it
0: really is because then you're like they let me leave with a they human let me leave with being. this baby yeah yeah and it's crazy and I definitely I definitely think I had moments of dark deep thoughts like you were saying like I I wasn't ever diagnosed with postpartum depression but I definitely believe that I had postpartum anxiety. Absolutely. And and had very bad moments of baby blues like I don't mean just like sad I mean Landry came upstairs one time found me bawling on the bed saying Liam deserves better than me and he's like okay I'm gonna take Liam you're gonna rest a bit because this is obviously like you need you need some time and like that was one of my lowest points was getting to that point where I was just I remember Liam was still I think we were still in that that you know, six week time frame, and I'm laying on the bed upstairs at our old house and Liam's just, you know, crying or something. I can't remember what was going on, but I was, you know, just, I mean, he's not like moving, he's little, you know, and I'm just bawling. And I'm like, he just deserves better than me. Like I just can't. And it wasn't that my capacity to love him was done. It wasn't that I wasn't still doing the things that I wanted to do for him or needed to do for him. It just was my feelings at that time. Like it was such a lie from the enemy, but Mm -hmm. it's still, you have to also take into consideration your lack of sleep, lack of nutrition, usually too. Absolutely. Because of that. And so there, and it was, I had him during the winter time. So I'm also not getting any vitamin D. So I know that there was other factors in it, but it still is very difficult to have that and, and, you know have that experience I talked about that on the um the post that I did for you all with sparkle about feeling like I wasn't good enough for him in that moment and I will be honest with you Liam is nine months he's going to be 10 months um soon when we're recording this podcast and I still have moments of am I
1: good enough for him I mean Millie is almost two and I feel like that yeah yeah but that I think that feeling very much drives this part of me to be better, yeah. to want to be better. Because right, I read this post that was like, you don't come back from being a mom of the same person you were before. Mm. And even like Jacob, wow. my husband, like he very much. It's like Millie was this piece, right? That this little baby that fell from heaven just for us. Yes. That literally changed the trajectory of her whole lives. I mean, you know that you understand that wholeheartedly, Absolutely. but like, it was one of those things where it's like, we have, we're not going to be perfect. Like, I'm never going to want that. I'm never going to claim that. But at the same time, like I will literally do everything I have to do to be the best version of myself for her. And that's, that's what that feeling is. Right. But it turns into this negative. Why am I not that already? Exactly. Why am I not that person already? Why can't I do that? And also, also, right, having grace for yourself that season because no one tells you how hard it actually is.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh
1: my goodness, Grace and those first six weeks are, Yeah. yeah, terrifying.
0: I remember people telling me they were like the newborn stage is my favorite and that everybody coins it as the newborn bubble, right? So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. the newborn bubble is the best. And it's so great. <laughs> In those first six weeks, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. the worst. Like that's like, I mean, please be, please hear my heart. It was a lot of learning. It was such sweet baby cuddles that like, if I could go back and smell the back of Liam's head when he was so fresh and squishy and like, I so sweet. But in the same moment, it was like, I'm still in diapers myself and I'm changing diapers and I'm, you know, it's like, it's so hard. It's yeah. so hard. And I remember thinking this is the worst, but nobody wanted to hear that. Everybody wanted to hear, how's it going? Your baby's so beautiful. Yeah. You- oh, You look great. You look great. The whole bounce back thing, you know, oh, you don't look like you've had a baby at all. Well, I should, because I had a baby and it's fine that my body looks different. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So there's, that's a whole nother podcast episode too, but going back to the heart, of all this stuff. Yes. And, and I was in the same boat as you where I hadn't talked. I talked to my counselor throughout my pregnancy because it, it got to a really dark place. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, I remember telling Landry, my husband, I was like, I have to talk to our counselor again. And I just, I just have to, because I can't keep going the way that we are. And so I literally, the first, um, The first one back with our counselor it was over a telehealth you know thing Landry was sitting next to me I'm literally holding Liam in our baby Bjorn baby carrier and like kind of pacing in the background talking and like crying and just letting it all out and I remember the counselor saying and going like Grace Ann by you even knowing that you needed to come here today showed that you are wanting to be better for him. Not that I wasn't the best mom for him to begin with. It's just that me recognizing I need help was then going to be better for him. Because yeah. if I didn't get the help and continue to spiral and continued to have things where, like you said, like you were taking care of Millie, you were doing those things because you were putting things in practice you were going to see your counselor you were getting back on medication you were you know journaling you were opening up to to Jacob you were doing those things to help you but what if what if we didn't what if we didn't do those things that's yeah. when it turns dangerous for the kids too cuz right. that really does happen and so i remember him saying our counselor saying that um you know he was proud of me for doing that and it totally changed my perspective too on asking for help in that instance because I also thought, like, oh, what's what's he gonna think? What, you know, all this stuff. And it, it didn't take away the love that I had for Liam either. And that was also something that I had to learn was that just because I was struggling with where I was at doesn't mean I didn't didn't mean I loved Liam any less. Right. And I think that was hard too. I think. A lot of the things that people were telling me when I was pregnant was, you know, oh, it's all going to be worth it when he gets here and it's going to be amazing and it's going to be this and it's going to be that. And they said really great things, some really negative things like, oh, you'll never sleep again or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Those things. But then when he was here, I was like, man, I could really use like a nap from before (laughs) I had him right now. Or like when we went to the beach when he was five months old, I think it was so hard, so hard. Like I rather have not gone at all. And I know that sounds so bad, but it. I sat on the beach and it was the first time in a while that I really mourned childless life Yeah, before that. And then I literally sent a voice text to one of my friends and I, I remember it was walking and crying and she was like, it's okay that you feel like this, because I was feeling so guilty for feeling that. She's like, it does not mean you love Liam any less. Mm-hmm. And that's what I also had to remember. so anyway, I could keep talking about this forever. but basically, just know that if this is you, if you're in this position, either if you're freshly postpartum right now, or you're still dealing with this, like like Ashley said, she's two years into this, and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, almost nine months. So it's like, we're, we are in this with you and in this season with you, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be better for your children or child, if, you know, if you just have one, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's hard too, is like the stigma of the mental health side right. of things, because you don't want people just to say, like I said before, especially in Christendom, like, oh, just pray about it. Or, you know, then I started feeling guilty while I'm not spending as much time in scripture as I should, because I'm just so exhausted all the time.
1: Right. How can you be doing everything at a hundred percent and not feel like a hundred percent Grace And how dare you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. How dare I? So <laughs> that was just really hard too, but let's kind of transition into like, what are some things that helped us in that? In, in that time of our lives and what could others so well let's talk about the first part what are some things that helped us that like we did or we asked for that helped us in that time and then second part of that question what could others do like if there's a, a, a somebody listening to this episode and they're thinking man you know I didn't struggle with that but I have a friend who went through this like how can I show up for them so why don't we talk about that a little bit
1: so I will forever hold on to something my therapist said to me um, during my first session back with her. And she said to me, she said, think about your daughter at five years old. And I did. And she said, now tell me if that baby is going to thank you for getting the help that you needed or not. And that crushed me, Mm
0: -hmm. crushed
1: me to my core, thinking about a grown Millie, like having an available healthy mom I didn't have to be happy all the time but just a healthy one that could be present for her and that was something that I kind of hold on to through even like the really bad stuff and I'm like am I gonna feel guilty for going and taking an hour am I gonna feel guilty for leaving her at my mom's am I gonna feel good if leaving her at my grandma's Like, no, because I need to take this time, whether it's walking around Target for an hour aimlessly, or whether it's me going home and taking a nap, like I am doing right by that baby by taking care of myself. So that was something that helped me. Um, I really had to like allow myself to figure out what, um, what peace looked like for me outside of that and having a kid and um, like just within myself. And it really turned into I love music and I love curated playlists. And that's something that I did a lot of, um, as well as journaling and um, walking, spending time outside, all of that. But, you know, seasonal depression is a real thing too. So finding a healthy balance in that, but really finding your support system. Um, I really struggle using, like, saying words out loud. And um, like when I'm in the thick of it, and like out loudly admitting that I have a problem but I'm really good at texting it um so I think there was one point in time I worked with my mom that I was really struggling but I couldn't physically say it. and I remember standing across from her and texting her what I was thinking and how I was feeling because I don't it was like if I said it out loud it was real and mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be real um and then Jacob has always said this to me and I it's like sometimes I forget and I don't know why because it's so it's so real and it's um it was bad parents don't care like good parents good mom good people good dads good friends care so if you care about whatever x y and z and you're worried about it it's because you're a good mom yeah a hundred percent so right like you going and talking to your counselor with landry didn't make you less of a parent it made you a better one Yeah. Cared about doing that. And the same thing for me and, you know, caring enough to want to be better and to be worried about being not better and all of that. So, all of those things were really important for me. So good.
0: I think for me, something that I did was ask for help with the counselor because I think I just got to the point where it's almost like I also didn't want to burden other people with it, if that made sense. A counselor felt like, Like, I knew this counselor beforehand. He knew me in other instances. And so I was like, I felt like that was a safe zone that I could go to, that he knew me before. He knew me during pregnancy because I talked to him then as well. And so it felt like a very safe space to come and just kind of, you know, word vomit everything and talk through it. And that felt great. So I think that's one thing that I did. And I would encourage you, if you're listening to this and you're struggling find a counselor or find someone that you can do that to because it it, it was the game changer for me. Part and of it is
1: that ick leaving your body. Yes. Physically yes. leaving your body is night and day.
0: Absolutely. And then I think what could other people do to help? Um, one thing is I had a friend make me a box when she heard that I was struggling with pregnancy and she made me a box and it had like raspberry leaf tea and it had um, chocolate and it had a belly mask and a, uh, you know, belly bomb And I can't remember all the little things, but it just was like, I, it was just so nice to get a box that was just for me and not for the baby. And, and like, she put these um, like bath salts in there that were like for postpartum. And I was like, she thought about me, not Getting Liam anything, which she also did, but yeah, of course, she got something for me. And then, so I and I have done that now to two other mom friends because it helped me so much. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing I think, if you're wanting to support other moms and do that, is don't just you know ask them, Hey, how are you doing, or whatever, be that friend that shows up, be that friend that's there because. I also had a lot of people, I had one person say, oh, well, so-and-so misses you, you haven't reached out, and I said, well, and I didn't, I kind of clucked back, okay, I should have been a lot nicer, but um, in the instance, you know, I, I was like, I was like, well, okay, but I'm, you know, I'm also struggling in this season, not that that person knew, but it's also just be gentle with new moms i mean reach out to us be the one to reach out to us and say hey do you need anything hey i'm going to drop a meal off to you this week pick a day don't even give me an option say i'm going to drop a meal off okay. you know pick a day and then you know just just support and be there and affirm what they are feeling and thinking in that moment i think because i've gone through that i've been able to minister to other moms who have been through that too and i just had a mom Uh, at a place that I go frequent and eat at um, that had a baby and she was really struggling postpartum and I told her just my story about struggling even more in depth than we could in this podcast right now and she was like you I would have never thought I didn't even know like and it it helped her feel not as alone too and so if you're also listening to this and thinking like what can I do to help support other moms if you've also gone through it tell them Tell them Mm -hmm. that they're not alone because that also is so, so helpful, but, um, I could keep going and we could keep going, Ashley, but we gotta, we gotta wrap up this podcast. So (laughs) why don't you leave us with, um, you know, just some advice for moms that are in your, or, or like our position right now, just in it, still struggling, still going or whatever. Give us your piece of advice to leave with today.
1: I think the biggest piece of advice that I could give any mom would probably be that like, you are a human being who was allowed to be a human being. You are not a human being that was called to be like a superhero that is like, has to do every single thing that you think you have to do and you do not. That is not something that is required of you. You are not required to give 100% all the time. You are not required to be like the president of the United States. You are required to be a human that is allowed to make mistakes and take naps. Oh, That's it. I love that. Y'all, this is is
0: not video recorded, but I'm like cheering, (laughs) silently (laughs) cheering over here. So, well, Ashley, thank you so much for being on the podcast and being here today. Thank you all for listening and for being here, part of the mom real community. Make sure that you follow me on Instagram, um, all the other places that you share this episode with friends, you share it on your socials that you leave me a review and I'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for tuning in.